Welcome to Life Study of the Bible with Witness Lee, a program brought to you by Living Stream Ministry. Witness Lee, a servant of the Lord for over seven decades on five continents, culminated his ministry with a 21-year book-by-book exposition of the entire Bible, which he called a life study. This life study is the basis of our program today, which includes short portions of the spoken messages given by Witness Lee. Now, let's join today's life study. The 27 books of the New Testament have often been arranged by Christians into three sections. The first section includes the Gospels, plus the book of Acts as the books of history. And then from Romans through Jude are the epistles, the 21 epistles in the New Testament, followed by the concluding book in the Bible, Revelation. However, recently through the life study of Mark, we've seen that there is another way to divide the New Testament into sections, and this way of dividing the books of the New Testament is related to the living person of the Lord Jesus Christ, because the entire New Testament is concerned with this living person who is the embodiment of the triune God. This is Matt Miller with Francis Ball. Francis, it's good to have you back in the studio with me. I'm always happy to join you. Thank you very much. Francis, in today's program and in the next one that we'll do, we will conclude the entire life study of Mark. Yet, if you just listen to today's program, Witness Lee will be talking about the entire New Testament. And so you would wonder, what does this have to do with Mark? Yet the title of the programs today and the next two programs are A Life Fully According to and For God's New Testament Economy. And it's number 18 and number 19. So this has been a subject we've been talking about for a long time in the Gospel of Mark. So we need to see, what is this life? Who is this life that's for God's New Testament economy? And we see in the Gospels, it's the Son of God. And then starting in Acts, it's the Spirit of God. And we're going to get into this in detail today. But before we do, would you like to add anything to that for our listeners as a word of introduction? Well, I think this is very important, Matt, because we need to realize that God's Word is about God Himself and about his eternal plan. We shouldn't think that we open the Bible to find out just how to live a godly life or how to be a proper person. But the whole Bible is to bring us into this economy of God, which means how God works things out to satisfy his desire and his purpose. And the way you've divided up the whole Bible in this way, or the whole New Testament, is really very, very helpful for us to realize that God himself became a man. And as a man, he was there to fulfill God's purpose and to live this human life in a perfect way. So he lived and he died on the cross and he resurrected. He was living God. He was the God lived out in a human being. And the purpose of this is to bring us into the same experience that would cause us to be the same as God living on the earth. God in man. This was God's intention, and this is what he accomplishes in the entire New Testament. So what you brought about already this morning is that God wants to live his life in man and to be the expression of God in a human being. And to do that, he had to uh, go beyond the Gospels, because in the Gospels, he was there physically as a man, the Son of God, the embodiment of God. Yet, through his death and his resurrection, 1 Corinthians 15.45 says that the last Adam 
became a life-giving spirit. Yes. So then in the book of Acts, he comes to be the vitality of the church, the content of the church as the life-giving spirit. In this way, he really made it possible and made it a fact that human beings who receive God's life into them, which we did at the time we were regenerated, when we believed in the Lord Jesus, God's life came into us, and that life is as the Spirit in us. And so this is the way God accomplishes eternal economy, is by becoming the life-giving Spirit in a human being. So God produced the one God-man, a life which is lived for and absolutely in God's eternal economy. Well, Francis, I think that's enough for an introduction. Let's go to Witness Lee now for his original speaking from 1984. This morning, I'd like to give you a brief view of the entire New Testament. The entire New Testament is covering a person, a living person. And we have to say, this living person is just our Chuyunga. Isn't this wonderful? I love it. You can see clearly there are three sections. The first section is of the four Gospels. And the second section, the 22 books from Acts through Jude. And the third section is the last book of the New Testament, the Revelation. What is covered in the four Gospels? That is the Son, right? The Son. When the Son came to stay on this earth, He didn't come alone. He didn't come just by Himself. And He didn't stay on this earth alone. Especially the Gospel of John tells us when the Son came, He came with the Father. And He told us He was never alone on this earth. All the time, the Father was with him. Even he told us that he was in the Father, and the Father was within him. This is called co-inheritance. This is not just the coexistence, but co-inheritance. And uh, the uh, four Gospels also tell us that the Son came by the Spirit. Firstly, he was conceived and born of the Spirit, essentially. And then, up to the age of 30, he was anointed with the Spirit. And the Spirit descended upon him, economically. So, when he was living and ministering on this earth, he was living by the essential Spirit. And he was ministering by the economical Spirit. By all this, you can see, when the Son was on this earth, He was here with the Father and by the Spirit. Give up the thought that when the Son came to the earth, He left the Father in heaven. He came with the Father and by the Spirit. So this is the embodiment of the triune God. In Jesus Christ.
Francis, we're touching a big thing here with the mystery of the Trinity that the Son, when he was on the earth, didn't leave the Father in heaven, but he was with the Father. The Father was with him, yet the Father was still distinct. In other words, he wasn't separate from the Father. The Father was with him, but the Father was still the Father. It's quite a mystery we're touching here. Witness Lee actually wrote a book called uh, God's New Testament Economy, and in that book there's a chart. I wish we could show that chart to our radio listeners, but Witness Lee refers to it and actually prints the chart in this chapter of the Life Study, printed message number 69. It's actually available online on our website. If people wanted to see this chart, it's there. And it's helpful to see that chart, isn't it, Francis? Very helpful. Because here we see the Son came with the Father and also by the Spirit. So here we see the triune God being manifested in man. And so this is quite important and very crucial to God's eternal economy. Without seeing this, we don't know how God could accomplish the purpose he had in creating man in the first place. But by this we realize God as the Father came with the Son. And the Son came with the Father by the Spirit. So that this triune God is revealed to us here in humanity. You know, Francis, uh, a common concept that a lot of Christians have, and I think there's paintings that propagate this kind of thought is that there's a, the father is there in heaven sitting on a throne with long white hair as an old man, mm-hmm. and the son is a younger person on earth, and then the spirit is a dove flying around in between. And, you know, there's two verses in John chapter 8, verse 29, and John chapter 16, verse 32. Both of them refer to the father being with me. The father is with me. In other words, the son was not on the earth alone, but the Father was with him. Yes. Kind of dispels that notion of someone far away and being separate. There is no separateness among the triune God, is there? There is no separateness. They are one God, Father, Son, and Spirit. From eternity past, God has been triune. But when the Son came to be incarnated, he was with the Father, and he came with the Spirit. And in his living, there was the Spirit. So we have the triune God expressed in this person who's a God-man, Jesus Christ. And I like how Witness Lee pointed out that essentially the Lord was conceived of the Holy Spirit at his birth. So he had the Spirit at birth. But then 30 years later, when he went out to conduct his ministry, the Spirit came upon him economically for the carrying out of his ministry. It's really hard to touch the depth of this today, but there's an essential and an economic aspect that we really have to see, don't we? Yes, we really need a divine revelation to make this clear to us that the Son was always with the Father, and the Father was always with the Son, and whatever the Son did, he did by the Spirit. Well, Francis, let's go back to Witness Lee, and then we'll uh, come back and fellowship more at the next break. Now, in these second section of uh, 22 books, Acts up to Jude. 22 books. What is covered? Still the person. Still the person. But now the person is the spirit. The spirit not only by himself alone, but the spirit as the son. So when the spirit came, he came as the son with the father. Because the Father 
will never leave the sun. In John 14, 23, the Lord told us, if you love him, the Father will love you and will come to you with the Son to make a boat with you. Amen. The Father always goes with the Son. So the Spirit came as the Son, surely with the Father. And this is what? This is the consummation of the triune God. The Son with the Father by the Spirit was the embodiment of the triune God. Now the Spirit as the Son with the Father is the consummation of the triune God in the church. Amen. This is the picture of the 22 books from Acts through Jude. What do you see in these 22 books? Whom do you see? A living person. A wonderful person. The person who is the Spirit as the Son with the Father to be the consummation of the triangle realized in the church unto the fullness of God. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. It's wonderful. Francis, this is a wonder that I want you to expound on, and then we'll come back to Witness Lee for a conclusion. This is a wonderful, glorious fact and must be a revelation. God has unfolded this marvelous picture to us not only in the book of Mark, but throughout the whole New Testament. So we see that the Son came with the Father and in the Spirit. And in his resurrection, he became a life-giving Spirit to put all that he is into his believers. This is God's economy. And this is what the Lord was working out. He is that man who was God-man. He got his divinity as being God and he got his humanity through Mary. But he is the triune God manifested in the flesh. You know, Francis, uh, in the book of Acts, when the Lord came, I don't know if a lot of our listeners have seen the picture of the church, that this is really the story of Christ still. Right. Because the, the church is just the embodiment of God, is just the Spirit coming into those people. If it's not the Spirit in them, You know, it says in Romans 8, if they have the Spirit, they are not of Him. And so it's not the church if it's not of the Spirit. There's a uh, cliche that I've heard people use. It's kind of a play on words here. It says, history is His story. Mm -hmm. You know, the word history, they break it up. It's His story. And so they take the Gospels and they say, that's history. That's His story. But His story continues as the Spirit in the book of Acts, doesn't it? That's the marvelous thing about the Bible and about God's economy. His intention was to be manifested and to be expressed in man. So God himself became a man. That's Jesus Christ. And he was here with the Father and in the Spirit. And when he went to the cross, he took all of us with him, all his believers with him to the cross, And in the resurrection, he brought all the believers into resurrection. Now, we have Christ as the life-giving spirit. 
The Bible says in 1 Corinthians 15, 45, the last Adam became a life-giving spirit. So now Christ is the spirit and we are the participants in this life as believers so that we are spiritual beings. We are men, but now we are God-men. And these God-men are really the church. The church is not an organization of believers having a certain kind of belief. The church is God in man producing a body that is the expression of God and really is called in the Bible the body of Christ. Well, Francis, let's go on to the conclusion of the New Testament, which is the book of Revelation. And I'll read a verse in uh, chapter 1 of Revelation, actually two verses, verses 4 and 5, which will be the basis of what we hear a lot of Witness Lee refer to about the sevenfold intensified spirit in the book of Revelation. He says, John, to the seven churches which are in Asia, grace to you and peace from him who is and who was and who is coming, and from the seven spirits who are before his throne, and from Jesus Christ, the faithful witness, the firstborn of the dead, and the ruler of the kings of the earth, to him who loves us and has released us from our sins by his blood. Let's go to Witness Lee for the conclusion of today's life study. Now, let's go on to the third section. Revelation. One book. Now, what is here covered? The seven spirits. It's marvelous. Firstly, the Son, then the Spirit. Now, the Spirit has become the seven spirits. The Son is the embodiment of the Trine God. The Spirit is the consummation of the Trine God. And the sevenfold intensified Spirit is the intensification of the Trine God. In what? Not just the church, but the overcoming church. In the overcoming church, the church overcome the degraded situation. In this overcoming church, we do not only have the embodiment of the Trine God or the consummation of the Trine God, but also the intensification of the Trine God. Seven times intensified. Consummating in. Consummating in what? In two things. One, in this age. The other, eternity. The one in this age is the golden lampstand. And the other, in the eternity, is the new Jerusalem. This intensification of the triune God which is the sevenfold intensified spirit in the overcoming church is the finalization of God's New Testament economy. Wow, Francis, the finalization of God's New Testament economy is the intensified spirit in Revelation producing the overcoming church. By the audience response there, you could tell there was some intensification, couldn't you? That's right. You could tell that. That was quite an exciting meeting. And I believe we need to see that repeated in our own lives to realize that the spirit which the Lord Jesus became as a life-giving spirit in his resurrection, 
now includes the triune God in an intensified way being dispensed into his people to be the church. This is God's sevenfold intensified spirit now operating to dispense all that Christ is as God and as man into his believers and put them together to make the body of Christ, which is intensified expression of the triune God. And that body of Christ in Revelation is referred to as a golden lampstand. That's what the intensified spirit is working to produce is a pure golden lampstand shining for God. And then eventually at the end of the book is the new Jerusalem. Marvelous to realize that the new Jerusalem is not a place where we're going. It's what we're becoming by the intensified work of the spirit in our spirit. You know, Francis, this uh, particular message I mentioned to our listeners at the beginning is going to be broken up into two as our final two programs where we're going to cover this same subject. The next program, this is somewhat of a a segue to it and a lead-in because the entire final program of the Life Study of Mark will be just on Revelation and this consummation as the intensified spirit is producing the golden lampstands, the New Jerusalem. Uh, So I really encourage our listeners to come back for that. Do you have any final words? Well, I feel this economy of God has been fully expressed in this message in that God became a man. And as a man, he did everything that was necessary to terminate the old nature. He was crucified, dealt with our sins and with ourself and with everything negative. And we were crucified with him. And he was resurrected, and we were resurrected with him. So we are the continuation of this manifestation of God in, in a man, Jesus Christ. We are his continuation, having the same life, nature, and being the same as he is as members of his body. We are not in the Godhead, but we have God's life and his nature by virtue of the fact that we now have the sevenfold intensified spirit operating in us. And I hope, Francis, as our listeners are listening to today, they felt the sevenfold intensified spirit meet them wherever they are and have caused them to have a turn to love the Lord more and be closer to the Lord because everything in the New Testament is centered around this wonderful person, the Lord Jesus Christ. Amen. Francis, uh, thanks for coming in today. I appreciate you being with me. Thank you. I appreciate being able to be with you. Thank you. Thank you also for joining us. And uh, we'd encourage you to get the Life Study messages that go along with these programs. You can call us to get more information at 1-888-LIFE-STUDY. That's 1-888-543-3788. Or you can write to Living Stream Ministry, P.O. Box 2121, Anaheim, California, 92814. Or just send an email to radio at lsm.org. I did refer in the program today about our website, which has a lot of materials available on it. You can go to our main site, lsm.org, and from there it branches away to the printed messages that are available or also an archive of these spoken messages that are available. That's the simplest way to do it is just go to our main website at lsm.org. Well, on behalf of Francis Ball, this is Matt Miller. Thanks for listening today.
God views the church, the redeemed believers, from a heavenly perspective. Far from seeing her as defeated by the power of sin and sins, God views the church as the triumphant and glorious counterpart of Christ, who fully expresses the one who fills all in all. In The Glorious Church, Watchman Nee discusses four significant representations of the church in the Bible. Eve in Genesis chapter 2, the wife in Ephesians 5, the woman in Revelation 12, and the bride in Revelation 21 and 22. In each instance, he presents the church's high calling to fulfill God's eternal purpose. Recently discovered handwritten notes supplement this new and fresh translation of the glorious church, making it the most complete record of the messages given by Watchman Nee in the fall of 1939 and the fall of 1942. The appendix, The Overcomers and God's Dispensational Moves, is a significant never-before-published portion of these notes. The Glorious Church by Watchman Nee from Living Stream Ministry is available now at Christian bookstores or call 1-888-543-3788. That number again is 1-888-543-3788.